Welcome everyone to That Kind of Nerds Podcast, a show where we break down what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined of course by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. So before we dive into what's going on this week, I do want to take a moment to talk a little bit about some follow-up from last week. And Josh, this uh, comes to a comment that you said. Uh, Josh, Verizon, they promised, they pinky promise that the Google Pixel will get updates immediately, just like how they do with the iPhone. Oh my god, a pinky promise? They like... And CJ, I believe, I I do believe that the updates will be immediate. I do not believe that they will continue the upgrade, the update schedule beyond 12 months is my initial guess, but I'm going to say 18 to be safe. I don't think if you're the kind of person that wants to keep their device for an extended period of time, they will continue to update it faithfully. But they're like super ethereal. But Josh, no, I know, I Josh. know, I know. They're 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 super for serious and pinky promising. Brian, Josh, I've been told that you can't break a pinky promise. <laughs> well, I, I wish you would tell my wife that she's broken every pinky promise she's ever made. <laughs> she my- is the reason I will not let my children pinky promise with their mother. It's it's her fault. <laughs> so do not pinky promise with Lara. Do not. She will break it gotcha. without so, even like hold on, wait, wait, in wait. the same minute that she made it. She will break it. Does she do that whole pinky promise? But she's crossing her. Face Fingers behind her back. To draw a parallel, her pinky promises are as good as my hard passes, right? Uh, you're, oh, wow. She's going to take exception to this whole <laughs> conversation. Uh, because <laughs> if she is in any way on the same level of your hard passes, she will go into a, like a downward spiral of self-loathing. But I have broken one hard pass, and she has broken every pinky promise. She, scoreboard she really jerk. Has. Scoreboard. She like, makes it a point to break a pinky <laughs> swear. I don't understand why. Laura, I will pinky promise you whenever, wherever. Just let me know. I got you. <laughs> I have a serious question for the phone nerds in the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Verizon pinky promises, is Jamie Foxx going door to door and pinky promising <laughs> but, all but, of them? But I'm I'm Jamie Foxx for Sprint. I don't understand. The, well, the, the but Sprint didn't pinky promise. CJ was Verizon. The the real Jamie Foxx. Ray the Charles mobile himself carrier will pinky commercials you. have gotten so ridiculous. That I I can't even I can't even with the commercials with the the old Verizon guy being the Sprint guy now and the Jamie Fox thing I can't even that's my only answer to the the crazy mobile commercial I don't get it so uh, I did find a piece of news though that would make Josh uh, very excited uh, dare I even say I may get a squee uh, J.K. Rowling was talking during a Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them fan event. And said that there will be five Fantastic Beast films. Squee. I've got something to say to J.K. Rowling. There's a Fantastic Beast, and he's on my computer right now. <laughs> Mr. Josh Burns right there. You are magnificent, sir. I actually uh, uh, just... That went, is all I have to say about Harry Potter. Continue. When CJ first mentioned it, uh, my Fantastic Beast hit the underside of my desk. At a... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, yeah. you broke Brian. <laughs> That's what happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So <laughs> you're give, you're basically going to give me another five Harry Potter movies. Yeah, she made it. She made it clear that they're not necessarily five Fantastic Beast films, but whatever, man, they they're five, five Harry Potter, Potter movies. As far as I care, they're Harry Potter movies. Just Harry Potter. Just give me <laughs> just more. Just at least more. Just, of five, that, please. just Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, and you had a question earlier. I don't think she's going to be writing five different books for it. I think there's going to be five films based off of it. Oh, that's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the world we live in. Lazy on purpose. Her, her and George R.R. R. Martin are just sipping martinis <laughs> while studios are they doing it. They really are. They're like, maybe we'll finish this last book. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. She's like, I'll wait for the the them to write the scripts and make the movies, and they'll just write the books based off of that, just like George R. R. Martin. No, right she'll now. do what she did with the Curse of Child and just take the screenplays and publish them. Hashtag J.K. Rowling write a new book. So continuing on with things that uh, Josh should probably talk about. Hashtag Josh's Fantastic Beast. Josh, this is something I think is is right up your alley, and I'm very curious to hear your take on it. The, the we're going to talk a little bit of sports for a second. Uh, look, sports. Why did you go? <laughs> I was going to say, did you see? Did you see how I went to my sports voice? <laughs> why? I love why sports. Go, we're going to talk about sports, sports for a moment. We like yeah. sports, and we don't care who knows. 
So we're going to talk about sports first. I second. hope they score another goal unit basket. The NFL is banning teams from sharing gifts and videos of their own teams during the games that are currently on the television. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about clips, videos, memes, and whatnot from a game that is happening real time. Correct, yes. Okay. Then in that case, I am entirely uh, behind the NFL because you you can't rebroadcast any of their original content without express written consent, not implied oral consent or any other kind of consent. You can't rebroadcast a lot. And to this degree, if you have an app like NFL Mobile, right, and or and you pay for a subscription like Sunday Ticket, if you plugged in your iPhone or your iPad or whatever device you use, you can't stream that to your television. You can't right. airplay it on devices you own, and it's because of these copyright laws and i'm completely behind the nfl saying no one can rebroadcast our content real time it's fine what about the fact though that the games certain games now are even live streamed on twitter like they're actually giving that out to free to the masses why why is making yeah, a gif of antonio brown celebration during I'd the game be, i'd be willing to bet that the game that was live and by the way it's only thursday, thursday night, night football, football. Right. That is live stream on Twitter. So I'd be willing to bet that any meme, GIF, video, Snapchat, Vine, whatever you create from Thursday night, I'd be willing to bet they're okay with because it's broadcast on Twitter. So let me be clear. The NFL is is putting this policy not on the fans, although you know they will, but their, their main point right now is the actual teams. So your first they, – they'll find the team, the organization – $25,000 for the first offense. They should. $50,000 for the second and 100000 for the third. It so doesn't. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Yeah. So if Josh scores that sweet uh, touchback goal <laughs> unit thing mm-hmm. and I'm on the sidelines because I'm prepping his water and I, I shoot it with my phone, I can't then share it with him via social media. No, no. So uh, Antonio Brown. But Josh made an awesome play, yes. and I had his water ready. I wanted to make sure he knew his water <laughs> You're was the ready. water boy, right? So that doesn't count. I, you are the owner. I'm a part of the team. The water right. boy is very integral to the team. The official, <laughs> the official uh, profile of official organization, the team cannot post something on it. I just thought it was fascinating. I mean, it's it's their own players, their own team on their own account, and they can't do it while they're on the while CJ. You you you're missing the most fascinating part of the NFL, and and that is that it is such a self contained entity that it can't look. None of none of it can be reproduced. You, you know, radio stations, television stations can't say the words Super Bowl, right? Without having the NFL present, it's crazy talk. It's look, I, 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 this is the way it is. I just think this it's is crazy. a brand. Josh, 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 you, you just said it. Oh God, we're screwed. Is someone from the NFL with you? <laughs> this right is <laughs> this is a the brand. big game. You mean this the big game? Brand. So I have a few choice words for the NFL. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, Brian, if it becomes a problem, I'll introduce them to my fantastic boost. <laughs> that, that'll smooth things over. That'll smooth things right over. So so I'm, I'm fine with the NFL licensing its product. I'm fine with them finding anyone who, you know, goes outside the confines of, of their contract. I'm okay with all of that because I really like the way the NFL handles its broadcast. It, it's the – it's – Consistently the best sports broadcast in the world. I, I don't I, I've never watched one better. Or more readily available. Or available in <laughs> readily so many- available if you're willing to pay for it. <laughs> no, you don't have to pay for NFL coverage, CJ. It's everywhere. Okay, all right. Uh, touche. If you want to watch the game, I meant. If you want to watch the game, it's everywhere. You don't have to pay for NFL coverage at all. Even if you don't want to watch the game. Well, I mean, (laughs) that's true. That's true. That's very true. This is the most pervasive sport. In in, on our continent, at least. And and uh, it's it's worldwide at this point. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to stop from seeing NFL coverage somewhere. And there are things the NFL should be able to do to stop people from rebroadcasting it without their consent. It's fine. Right. People shouldn't be able to create any kind of spin of NFL footage that they like without the NFL's consent. That's just bad. That's bad for business. I thought it was very interesting that they really went out of the way, though, to, to make gifts part of the part of the discussion. So last week we had uh, started a new segment here that we're calling the Nerd Translator. Theme to come. Beep, boop, beep. Translator. I tur- I'm turning to Brian to help us out with some nerd translation because there are a couple terms that comic book fans have that are pretty much impossible to explain to casual fans. And maybe Brian can lend some light into this and kind of help help us break through and get into the comic world. Why you got to put me on the spot like that, bro? So, Brian, uh, we're not going to get into to all of them, but I was wondering if you could hit us with a few things and kind of explain them a little translate it, it to the world. The first one is something that my own wife had a hard time uh, figuring out when it came to X-Men Days of Futures Past and Avengers Age of Ultron, and that is shared rights to characters. Because there's Quicksilver in both movies, but it's entirely different. But it's the same character? How, how does do you, this work? Do you want him to get into the comic book world or the ridiculously unexplainable cinematic universe? Yes. Yep. Take it from there, Bri. Take it from there. Okay. Um, I mean, this isn't really that difficult to, to figure out. I'm sorry, Jenny, if I just insulted you, but you never listened to this, so whatever. Um... <laughs> Really, I mean, both the the character of Quicksilver is owned by Marvel, but way back when Marvel didn't have a studio, pre-2008, they went ahead and they sold their rights to movie studios to make movies, like the X-Men movies and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and the first Fantastic Four movies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Because of this, Marvel owns the right to the character of Quicksilver, but they do not own the right to mutants because they sold that when they sold the X-Men franchise to Fox. So really, that just really gives us two versions of the same character, one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and one in Fox's X-Men Universe. So then you brought up the the other part that I also I get tripped up on is there's Inhumans and Mutants. What the hell is the difference? <laughs> um. The difference between Inhumans and Mutants, again, this is... I love the movies and the television shows, but they've also kind of screwed things up uh, when this in this regard. Because in the Marvel television universe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been very big about Inhumans being people born with special gifts that get unlocked after a certain time frame. And that sounds an awful lot like Mutants. And in the comic book universe, that that is exactly what Mutants are. And... Inhumans are a little bit different in the ways that they're more of a, not a separate race, but a separate like society. And they get their powers from a thing called the Terrigen Mist, which is really just like kind of a chemical or a catalyst that these, these people undergo to gain their powers. Because Marvel, the studio, does not own the rights to mutants. They decided to take that and make the Inhumans their version of mutants, okay. essentially. So, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, it's really convoluted. I, no, I know no, that no. much. It, I'm sorry. And it, it, it's convoluted because they've made it convoluted through movies and television. It, it wasn't – I didn't feel like it was convoluted in, in the books. It's not. Right. So, Inhumans, we know, are, are, are a whole different thing. I guess what I really like about – what DC has done in television is the, the, the sort of they've really proliferated the term metahumans, and I'm I'm more I'm much more comfortable with that than inhumans. So, in in light of the nerd translation and and sort of comic book and television and movie discussion, how do you feel? Like we know the term inhumans, and that's kind of what they've used and assigned to it. But if we're looking at mutants, which is what Paramount is using, right? Fox. But Fox. Yes. Okay, Fox. Uh, and then we have Marvel using whatever they're using. It's going to be Inhumans. Uh, and then DC using Metahumans. Where do you feel the most comfortable? 
with how they've handled it and 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 the overall sort of feel of it. I think DC's done a better job at, at describing that distinction because metahumans in their universe are people who an accident has happened or you know some extra force has caused them to have their powers. Uh, Marvel hasn't been very clear about that issue. I would in in this case I would equate in the cinematic and television universe inhumans are more like metahumans. Yep. Yep. And mutants are born that way from the start. I agree with you 100%. 100%. To, to fully round out the nerd translator and really boil this down to just common sense words, would you call Spider-Man a metahuman? Yes. So Wolverine is not a metahuman. Correct. Gotcha. Wolverine is an inhuman? Wolverine is a mutant. Okay. Mutant. Right. Good. Born that way from the start. Metahuman and inhuman, Brian and, and I both agree are interchangeable but but that inhuman in the cinematic universe is misused. It's not that way in the books. All right, Brian. I want to th- so I want to say thank you, Brian, for for helping me with some nerd translations and getting some of these terms down at a little more easy to to understand and helping the nerd world grow. Look at you. You're like the more you know of nerd. The more you know. So, Brian, now that we've done some uh, some nerd translation, I think it's I think it's time to move on to your second favorite topic. I think that's. I think that's a. I think it's time for Cape Talk. Cape Talk. So Brian, uh, we had talked about Return of the Capes Crusaders, uh, which is going to lend some classic voices to an animated uh, Batman series, and they just announced that William Shatner will be voicing Two Face uh, in this in this series. But Two Face wasn't in the '66 Batman, right? No, he wasn't. Okay. Just want to make There's sure nothing I didn't wrong with I'm, I'm okay with him in this, though. I'm I'm okay with Two Face in this. I just don't know how do I feel about Shatner as Two Face. You know what? I know we're doing Cape Talk, so I'm and this isn't Cape Talk, but you said Shatner, and that made me think Star Trek. So I'm going to say this: the two of you described Star Trek Beyond as just any sci-fi movie, and Having never watched a single episode of Star Trek on television, I watched Star Trek Beyond as just any sci-fi movie, and I felt like it was more Star Trek maybe than anything before it. So I went back, and I watched a few episodes, and it was very much in, 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 in Star Trek's original spirit, and so much so that you know Chris Pine made that gag about life feeling very episodic. I know this is Cape Talk. I don't give a shit, CJ. I'm not I'm not objecting to the fact we're talking about this. I just I I've watched this movie. It came out uh I got the pre-order so you know maybe a, a Friday or two ago. I've watched it four times in the past couple weeks. I love it. I like it better than the previous two. It felt more fun. It felt more real, I guess, than just this crazy box office blockbuster sort of thing it felt like something that you might see you know on netflix it was exciting and it was fresh and it was new and it was unlike any anything i'd seen before so So, just so i do want to flip-flop a little bit because i've watched it again since and i agree with josh i haven't watched Uh, upon second viewing it definitely felt more star trek than the JJ. Yeah, and I I didn't know Star Trek at all, but I I know the I know the stereotype, right? And I know the jokes everyone makes. So, I guess I I based I was watching the movie without ever seeing it and going, this kind of feels like everything everyone told me about, right? And then I go back and I watch a couple old episodes and I'm like, "Holy crap, this movie is exactly like these episodes." It's crazy how much it is like the old show. And I felt really good about it all of a sudden. Like it could go a whole – like it's it wasn't – here's the thing. The, the original two blockbusters felt like they were building to a big conclusion, right? Like they were going to end. And it feels to me like the way they've reshaped it, this could go on forever, episodically. Well, good. Then I'm, I'm glad that it, it gives more opportunity for more movies to be made about it then and – Number four's been greenlit already. Yay! So, Brian, do you? Do, I mean, do you feel like I do about it? Like he can go? I on do forever? now. I do now. I had to. I had to do a, a second viewing of it. 
Um, in my defense, I saw it in San Diego, and I was in Comic Con fever. I wasn't really, you know, that invested in it. No, sure, um, sure. I, I, at this point, I'm just I'm giddy. I'm giddy just to watch uh, Chris Pine and and Zachary Quinto grow old together. I really am. <laughs> like I just I'm I'm in love with this cast, and especially Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. I'm just. The, I do like and, those two. I do like them. Cemented as, as in my mind now as as Kirk and Spock. So I, I and I, I'm sure I'm sure there are some purists listen listening to the podcast and cursing my name right now. I'm sorry. I, I really am. I, I am sorry. But I thought that it was done so well that that now these these guys are the characters. I don't think you have to be sorry, and this is why watching that movie made you go back and watch the show and i think if anyone is a true star trek fan they would be rejoicing to hear that you actually put forth the effort to go watch the show after watching the movie that should be a victory for anyone who's a star trek fan so i don't think they should be yelling at you at all they should be thankful that you had that that thought well you're welcome everyone I'm so I'm so sorry for derailing. I'm so sorry for derailing. No, really. no, this this I good derail, approved derailment. Way to go! Speaking of approved derailments, you finally watched the first two episodes of Flash. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Oh, this this is two seconds. We're good. Okay. I want so I, I want to talk I about watched, this for two I seconds. Watched, I watched the first two episodes of Flash. So uh, I was stuck in a hotel room where there was no FS1, which means I couldn't watch playoff baseball. So I was really angry in that kind of way angry and sad so uh i went back to uh cwtv.com uh based on cj's recommendation that the cw app would have it uh i watched the first two episodes of flash and then the next day the first two episodes of arrow uh i was texting brian throughout the episode of Flash. The the first thing was, why is this happening? I don't understand. And he says, you know, keep watching. And then, you know, no more than 10 minutes later, I mean, just the episode is so good. My my text was, holy shit, this episode <laughs> is amazing. And it really was. It was maybe the best episode of comic book television I've ever seen was this Flash episode one. Right? So I, I have a question for you because you, you texted me, you're like, I don't know about this. I told you to keep watching. And then like literally 10 minutes later, you're like, holy shit, this episode's amazing. Right. What part of the episode did that hit for you? Uh, it was, it was, uh, when really when the story started getting explained, but it was, it was Barry's optimism. It was his inability to just let things transpire, right? He had to fix it. And mm-hmm. it, it was it was really the the whole thing that was happening with him that drew me in. The action was unbelievable. Uh, I was I was completely enthralled by the story, the whole story. I think I was at the moment where Brian was, which was the moment where Reverse Flash says, "You are going to come back here and beg me to kill your mom." Just I'm so sitting there good. just going, "Oh, you son of a so bitch." Good. So I knew I knew this was going to be awesome just because I know things about <laughs> stuff. As we just demonstrated in the Nerd Translator. I, 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 I knew, I know so much about the Flash universe. It's kind of sickening. And oh I know God. there was Can this we was get different. Brian drunk and get him a Flash tattoo? <laughs> that, yes. How has that not happened within all your 30 years of life? I approve of that. All of that. Anyway. But, like, I knew this was going to be different. I knew they were going to go a different route than the comic book because, obviously, there's things they can't do because of licensing issues and and all this other stuff. But that, the fact that, A, just like you said, Josh, Barry is so happy. He's optimistic. He's sitting there having breakfast with his parents who are all like, hey, you know, he's just happy to be there. He's just happy to see them both. And the the funny thing is, they're all like, "You should really move out." Like, you're 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 how old, man? But he's like, he's committed. He was committed to living that life, right? And the life that he never had. Right. The, well, I, the life that he never had. He had the obviously he had the reverse flash captured. It wasn't like it was when when 
everything's going right and things start heating up and Barry starts interacting as the Flash, right? Saving saving Kid Flash and I just I I was floored by the episode. I I I don't think I I could have imagined an episode of the Flash having that many moving parts but being totally workable, which they did brilliantly. I mean, there were I mean, Brian, I counted five storylines in there. Yeah, something like that. And, and right? it's just now that he's back from the Flashpoint timeline and little things are different here and there. And like he's going to slowly have to figure out how things are different and how he has to deal with that. He can't just go back and hit reset um, because he needs to own what he did and kind of live with those mistakes. So good. It, 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 again, like you said, Josh, probably one of the best. Definitely the best superhero premieres I've seen on, on TV, right? Ever, ever. Uh, and, and they they captured the thing is my and my criticism of the Flash last season was that it wasn't in any way serious or you know dark and gritty like we've said, right? My my criticism was, and the reason I stated that I like Arrow more is because it's it's darker it seems more ominous it, it 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 keeps me thinking and this this episode captured all of that sort of um all that crazy like Bruce Wayne guilt and obsession and combined it with Barry Allen's natural optimism right i mean mm-hmm. at least that's the way it felt to me like he was actually under this heavy weight, like all of the comic book heroes we've grown up with, under this crushing weight, yeah. but still doing what he does for everyone around him. Right, and he just feels this moral obligation to help. Even though there's a Kid Flash there, and, you know, he's he's doing his thing, he's, he still feels like he needs to get involved. And that's when things start going south, and he realizes he can't stay in that timeline anymore. He needs to go back. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that the and the kid flash thing, you know, he he realizes Wally's unpreparedness, right? He sees what's happening, so he ha- obviously has to help. Uh then he gets Cisco involved in that world, right? In that timeline. And that's cool. I, I guess the only my big problem with the whole thing is that in all of this like Cisco's the big loser. Like, why did Cisco take that giant emotional burden that no, really nobody else got? Right in that in mm-hmm. that in that timeline, um, and seemingly never recovered. I think. I mean, I I I I, I have ideas. I think. I mean, from a viewer standpoint, it, it's really jarring to see that character who for two seasons has been. Happy-go-lucky, nicknaming all the villains and, you know, very much like kind of into this life and then seeing what this life now has taken from him and the toll that takes on one of the most positive characters and positive forces in that show. It's really cool dynamic to see. Um, and the fact that Barry just can't deal with it. And like, that's probably the, the one thing out of everything that's changed that he wishes he could fix and wishes he could turn back time and, and fix uh, and, and reset, but he can't. Because the more he does it, the more he screws things up. Uh, I I think I think I agree with you, and and I think that well, I, I'll say I'm excited to see how it develops. This show, it handled each character so well. Um, I was curious to to your thoughts, obviously, about Cisco and and really what they what they've done with this story arc is basically elevated him into the second most important role. Right. Yeah. In the show. At least that's how I feel about it, especially with with the scene with him having powers and things like that. And so they're building that up for Barry to develop him. Um, But I I also I want to talk a bit about Arrow's first two episodes. Go for it. I know what I thought. I'd like to hear initial thoughts from you. I I really enjoyed these first two episodes. I think. It's a good jumping off uh, point from the fact that I wasn't crazy about season four. Um, I think this has got a a different tone, a a better tone a little bit. 
Um, I'm, I'm not crazy about Ollie going back to killing people again. I, you know, I thought we kind of went past that in his character development, but it, it, it is going to be interesting to see where the story develops from here. Yeah, I, I think, I think that, you know, him going back to killing people and that happened, you know, very early, obviously. Uh, but he also explained it very early in saying that because he wasn't willing to, you know, quote unquote, pull the trigger. And obviously he's firing arrows, but whatever, uh, because he wasn't willing to pull the trigger on Damien dark, Laurel Lance died. He's not going to make that mistake again. I think that his justification is, is warranted, but will probably be tempered over time. And as he comes sort of down to earth from the loss of, of the black canary, do, I, do you feel I was, that's just rehashing though some of the previous uh, the previous arc from No, the I, I don't I don't I don't actually. I think that the he started out that way out of necessity and when he came to trust people, you know, he found again, you know, again same sort of Bruce Wayne story, right? You don't need to kill to to bring people to justice. So he does that. But his actions and if you parallel it to the Batman story, uh, Brian, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in after Robin died, Batman was more violent than he had ever been, ever, and it, you know, to the to the point of where he was very nearly killing quite a few people in different situations. He almost killed the Joker in the very next issue, right? So it, it wasn't like a CJ. It's not. It's not a repeat of an arc. It's a new revelation where he's he's just tempering his he's just finding a new balance the reason i ask is i fell out of love with arrow last season i just that see that season just dragged you, for me did you watch these two episodes i, I did not only because i well, didn't finish i didn't finish last season all right well, so i'm asking is it worth me going through a season that i'm not enjoying to watch I don't, these two episodes? i don't know why you didn't finish the last season to begin with enjoy it or don't enjoy it it's part of you can't watch Flash without knowing what's going on with Arrow. You, you you can't possibly watch these shows independently. But I have been in everything. That's you can't. Okay. You can't. You can't. Brian, can you play I, before my head explodes? I, I I do agree with Josh, especially these these seasons that are airing now are going to be tied very much together. Four different shows, four part crossover. How the fuck could you, you watch need, one you and need not watch all? need to be watch watching all? them all. Well, uh, th- so then in that case, I, I will go through season four and, and, and finish it. And then I want to ask Josh real quick. How do you feel about the new recruits after these uh, first two episodes? I really like it. Is it, is uh Clifton Collins? Is that the guy's? No, no, not Clifton. Collins. What's that guy's name? Who's playing who? Wild dog. Rick Gonzalez. As far as the recruits go, I especially like the addition of Rick Gonzalez. The 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 guy has been in a, a ton of movies and other shows, but he's he's a credible actor, and I like him in the role. Now, I also like the very quick turnaround, two episode turnaround in the beginning of the training, and then sort of the realization of what actually needs to happen. It happened very quickly. Uh, there was a a quick arc. Obviously, we see strengths, we see weaknesses. I like everything. I'm not crazy about, uh, and I I can't even at this point remember the guy's name because he's not important. The guy that started is Felicity's assistant. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, you mean Curtis? Curtis, played played by Echo Kellum, but Curtis yeah, Holt. Curtis Holt. I, I'm just he's the one that I'm least impressed with. Oh, on he's anyone. the one I'm most excited for. Uh, excited for maybe I want to see what he can do, but it, to this point he's done nothing. Right, but he he has a he has a big stake. Uh, being as in the first episode he got jumped and he's got this personal like need to prove himself. B in the comic books he becomes a pretty badass character, so I, I want to see if they kind of take that route with him and, yeah. and no, make uh, him go the Mister Terrific route. We'll see. I agree, and I'm excited about it, but. To this point, I'm disappointed with the character. Okay. So we'll see. But overall, I really like the first two episodes of Arrow. I love the first two episodes of Flash. I'm excited to see what this year brings. 
So let's round out our, our Cape Talk with our uh, conversation about Luke Cage. We can finally talk about the last uh, seven episodes in the series as a whole. Uh, so we can go ahead and get that. This will obviously be riddled with spoilers. So if you haven't caught up with all of Marvel's Luke Cage, go pause this, watch it, and get your ass back over here because uh, this show this show was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm so, really so CJ. Do you need to pause real quick and go finish I Luke finished Cage? It, you <laughs> okay, yeah, making sure. Yeah, I finished it. Uh, so I'm really curious to hear. Uh, your take on the series as a whole and the last couple final episodes. What, what did you guys think about it? Because the last thing we talked about was Cottonmouth being, you know, arrested, and then here he is, you know, pulverized to a pulp with a mic stand. Yeah, he, he dies pretty much in the next episode that you <laughs> didn't watch very last next week. Episode. Um, again, just when I thought Cottonmouth was getting skit stale, they made him interesting, and then they killed him. Yep. Uh, yeah. It was that quick, and. You kind of see the shift turn from Cottonmouth to Shades and Mariah and Diamondback and and kind of the, the connection between Diamondback and Luke um, being as they, they grew up together and, and they were best friends growing up and, and half brothers. Um, I, I thought this entire season, this entire series was was great. Um, I especially like some of the overarching themes that they put in here about, you know, just doing what's right and, and you know that that type of thing and I, I i don't know i really highly enjoyed it and the the last fight scene between him and diamondback in the streets of harlem was pretty fantastic so i want to talk about that because i had a, a fan of this show talk to us about the diamondback's costume being a uh, low budget and really kind of offensive to him is that more true to what he wears in the comics because diamondback yes that is like exactly what he wears in the comics okay so it, it's more of a callback to that than it is to translating it over to to like what he would be wearing nowadays right no that's like ex- his exact costume here in fact i'll pull it up for you i, I, I don't i don't too late it's happening <laughs> josh what about you what did you feel about this series wrapping look up at it cj look at it, it and it comment looks, on it it, it I agree it does. The fan was offended by the lack of quality. E- either you like it, you don't like it. I, I was I was fine with with the costumes. I was fine with uh the way it, the way it played out. I thought was brilliant. The the I was very pleased with the entire series. I I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I thought it was far better than Jessica Jones. Uh it was it was just more entertaining for me. There wasn't an episode not one episode of these 13 that I was kind of like, man, I could take it or leave it. I thought all of them were very good. Uh, again, I especially the, liked the way they uh, wove music and, and theatrics into each episode. The characters were great. I was fine with, with uh, Cottonmouth getting his head bashed in with a mic stand. And overall, I thought the, the climax was unbelievable. I, I thought that the last couple episodes were so packed with action, they ri- they would rival any last couple episodes in any show you'd want to watch on, on television. And it's funny that you brought up, you know, Jessica Jones and people will, will like it because there's about they, they ran the, the numbers, right? Of the, the most top 20 original Netflix series is next series. Wow. Netflix series uh, within the first five days of them dropping and Luke Cage Luke Cage got number five on that list, and then Jessica Jones is at number eight. And there's Top about five a s- Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay. Fuller, full, so that, Fuller House is number sense. one. Makes sense to me. Fuller House is number one. Orange is the New Black is Fuller number two. Fuller House is number one. Yep. There is eight. Listen, guys, I am a huge fan of Stephanie Taylor too. I, I think she's <laughs> you know amazing now that she's grown up. But seriously, that no. So it's it's Fuller House, Orange is the New Black, Daredevil. Stranger Things that we're talking about on the Hey Did You See, shameless plug, Luke Cage, House of Cards, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and then Jessica Jones. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So there are like 700,000 people, more people watching Luke Cage than Jessica Jones on the, you know, in the first five days. Makes perfect sense to me. Jessica Jones is, it was a, it was a good show, but an acquired taste. Like if you're not, a comic book fan, you're probably not going to watch that. And Luke Cage, in my opinion, you can watch that whether or not you're a fan. 
Right. And, and more of the, you know, no, I'm not a hero and that part. Of it, I'm just an everyman kind of thing. Yeah. The, like really any Steven Seagal movie you've ever watched. Ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Under Siege 1, 2, and <laughs> Hard to Kill. Brian, doesn't it, doesn't it feel that way? Doesn't it, it feel uh, that it, way? Now that you say it, it does. Thank <laughs> you, gosh. I mean, that's I the way I can't watch Luke Cage the same way ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it felt to me like a Bruce Willis or Steven Seagal flick, right? right. Like, it's just a... a a good guy doing the right thing for the right reasons. It felt that way to me. And that's, in my mind, it's Steven Seagal and Bruce Willis. There was only one character that I didn't – maybe I just don't understand it. Maybe maybe I need to watch it again to, to fully appreciate the character. But I You don't, might be about to get yelled at. I Go don't ahead. like Mariah. No, you fine. don't like Mariah? Yeah, I don't like her arc. And, I don't, and she, I thought, was played the character brilliantly. Yeah, very I just well. thought she was a bad character. I thought she was poorly I, written. Uh, no, I disagree. I think just as Luke Cage doesn't want to get thrown into the hero role, she doesn't necessarily want to get thrown into the villain role. She's just always kind of stayed on well, the outskirts yeah, until well, she's well, kind of well. manipulated she, into it. She wants power, but doesn't want to be a villain about it. Right. Right. But so eventually she, she, craves, she turns she, out. She does crave power and she does crave notoriety. But she doesn't want to be a bad person. And when her past forces her into that role via a trigger, uh, albeit justifiable. Absolutely. Right? But, you know, and repressed, but nonetheless, she executed on it. Uh, She becomes a villain, doesn't like it, ends up trying to make it right, all bad. Right. But I thought, all in all, the character was had a solid arc, and Viola Davis it wasn't did a great job. Wasn't Viola Davis? It was someone else. Alfred oh, Woodward. Shit, it's not Viola Davis. It's Alfred. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. You're fine. Anyway, I, I I understand where she went. I'm I'm just not. I wasn't I wasn't bought into her. I mean, I, I, listen. Out of everything I have to with that show. The fact saying, oh, I only half like the Mariah story arc. I mean, that's fantastic. I had bigger problems with Jessica Jones and and, and other shows, too, that I, I'm, I'm okay with this. I enjoyed watching it a lot. I really think that this is a show that you don't, just like we just discussed, you don't have to be a comic book fan to like, appreciate, or, or tell others to watch. I think this is a great everyman story, and uh, I think it has enough for everybody in there. I think... And CJ, if we have to cut this, you you freaking cut it. But I think the show um, did a really good job of being entertaining while still kind of addressing some pretty serious issues. Um, and, and the biggest thing that I, I can think of is when Luke is held up in the club and the cops are, are literally having this like philosophical debate out front because they have these bullets. And, and the big debate is... Well the, well, the moment we roll these bullets out to everybody, the gangs are going to get them. Right, his history. And like the, yep. the, the escalation issue that happens every day. Um, I, I thought that was handled great. And obviously there's some like other overarching themes that I, I, I don't want to talk about. But I thought they did a good job of being respectful and, and treating it. Uh, and tactfully. You know, tactfully. And tactfully. Treating it the way it should be. And kind of re- representing, you know, both sides of the argument or, or both both points of view. You're absolutely right. You're, you're and, but absolutely handling it in an entertaining way. Yeah, and and it's a it's a discussion that no one wants to get into any day at any time. And this show managed to represent everyone's point of view without being obnoxious. Did it tastefully? Did it tactfully? And then, and then gave you a kick-ass ending, right? On top of it, so I'm I'm thrilled. And again, I'll I'll stand by. Wow, I'll stand by my original. This is better than Jessica Jones argument because I do feel that way, and I do feel like it'll be more well received. And can't wait to see how it ties into Iron Fist yeah. and the Defenders. I, I'll say this. I, I honestly believe if you put Luke Cage on HBO, I don't think you would get the execution on those tougher issues that you got out of Netflix and Marvel. 
Um, so I think the way that they handled a it's lot a of ballsy statement and probably someone at HBO right now is going challenge accepted. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's important that, you know, they handled it well. And, and a lot of people that I talked to about the show said that they handled it well. So that's, that's, that's good for everybody. And, and I'm, I'm glad that it was handled correctly. So I do want to say one thing, um, about the end, the ending not not just the diamondback fight which i thought was was very entertaining but that whole scene him being in the police station and talking to misty yeah. and being like well this is why i did it you know yep. this is what pop stood for moving forward and you know being a better person and then the marshals just coming to take him away and him being like all right you know i've ran i've run long enough this is what i gotta do i have to serve my sentence you know and, and kind of go from there I mean, what a, what a great way to kind of cap off that show about, you know, morality and, and like some of the bigger issues behind it. Yep. And, you know, what makes a moral person and to have your main character then have to go back to jail because he's technically a wanted man, even though he didn't commit the crime he was accused of. And I love the line that sometimes we have to go backwards to go forwards. And and it really makes me feel really a lot better about constantly going backwards in my life. Just... <laughs> it's not that bad. You ended in a palatial estate. I mean, is it really that bad? Right. And it's going... every so every so often when you go backwards in Brian's palatial estate, you do step on a cat, but not many cats. There's just it's a very small ratio of cat to males. Very low. Couldn't go one episode. <laughs> Couldn't happen. Okay. Um... <laughs> I was being serious. I know. I was being all somber and being like, what a great way to cap off this morality tale. And you all had to talk about palatial Listen, estates. At least it wasn't a dick or a fart joke. That's that's good for us. Oh, you mean like Josh's Fantastic Beast? Oh. It went <laughs> lowbrow again. <laughs> this has made me really excited to not only see Iron Fist, but I cannot wait for Defenders. I mean this I mean this has got me so pumped for seeing all of these stories come together and seeing the bigger picture. Uh I cannot wait. Can I please has now? Can I please I, has I, now? I got to tell you the the thing that this did for me was get me more excited about the next seasons of Daredevil and you know hopefully Jessica Jones. I hope they do it again cuz it just gives me an extra thing to do for 13 hours. Uh which is nice. But Defenders, um, I'm still on pause about because it's far away. I saw the trailer for Iron Fist. Looks fantastic. Oh, uh, so excited for Iron yeah, Fist. It looks looks very good. Very excited for it. Um, but this made me more excited for the next season of Daredevil, and I can't wait because we we can only be a few months away. Well, Iron Fist is in March of 2017, and Defenders is in September. They have not announced when season three of Daredevil is happening. I don't want to hear that from you, Brian. I want to <laughs> hear. They also started filming the Netflix Punisher series, and they have not announced when that's happening yet. Right. All of this has to happen right now. Yep, that's what I want. I want right now. Uh, uh, so I'll write a letter to Netflix. So Do I want to. I want to end with just your favorite moment from Luke Cage. What was a standout moment for you in this series? Who first? I have to think. Hang on. <laughs> I know. It's been two weeks since I've seen the show. I, I have, have to. I have, I have mine. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, mine is, uh, will always be, will never change the opening of episode five, Cottonmouth standing in the loft, watching Jadena's performance and, and outlining his entire character. That is my favorite moment of the entire show. Mine was the Rosario Dawson night nurse line that sometimes you just got to throw science out the window uh, and just go with what you know. Because that kind of feels like the show sometimes. We have a total way to do something, and then we just eh, say, screw it. We'll do it our own way. Uh, and you rough it, and you make your own path out of things. Even when, you know, when life gives you lemons, you, you make lemonade kind of thing. Oh, how about Method Man's bulletproof, uh, bulletproof love? Was it or bulletproof life? Yeah, bu- yeah no, it was. It was Are you good. suggesting that as a moment for me? Because it no, was, not you. No, it was a really I, I no. Was say. I, CJ, I I very much appreciated that, but not as much as the parallel of the performance with the character. No, I, I that agree. was I, my favorite moment. Stop trying to change my mind. I'm not trying to change your moment. Stop I'm just it. saying that was a good moment. Maybe Stop I'll it. use that. St- All right, I have my moment. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. You have your moment. Okay. Now. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is all staying on the podcast, including this part right here. 
probably my favorite moment of the series besides that speech Luke gives at the end is the scene at Pop's funeral where Cottonmouth goes up there and is all like man of the people trying to be all um, his wolf in sheep's clothing. And then Luke Cage goes up there and does this awesome speech and pretty much just says suck at Cottonmouth. I thought that was great. I'm 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 going to go with Method Man's bulletproof love. Uh and and that's on and seeing what the community was doing to rally around Luke Cage, saying there's more people out there rooting for you than you know. And just seeing the the community come together, it was it was a nice I mean, it was great. Yeah, so you took my music thing and turned it into a good thing. You have a great thing. No, I yeah, but mine is villainous, and yours is a good thing, which makes you <laughs> superior. No, it doesn't make me superior. I see what you did, CJ. Your villainous you thing, all, I don't like it. Is badass. Mine did is you just all like oh, realize that's cool. the just just to you know connect these universes even more. You you realized that scene where Luke Cage is running through the park. Yes. Trish that's talk. Trish from Jessica Jones. Yes. That's her radio show. Yes. yes. Okay, just making sure. Just I am sure um, like it. an old person and watch it with closed captioning on, and uh, it says Trish. And I was like, oh, that's from Jessica Jones. And I picked it up really quick. Well, congratulations, old man. I watch TV with closed <laughs> captioning on. All right, well, that is your nerdy news for the week. Sports! You all right? <laughs> we obviously want to hear what you have to say about Luke Cage, some of the topics that we talked about, or if you ever have something that you want us to talk about, we want to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at thatkindofnerd.com, or Brian has no cats in his palatial estate. Well, just a few, but not a whole lot. It's okay. The cat to mother ratio is very low at thatkindofnerd.com. That is a ridiculous email address. Please don't type all that in. So please go ahead and email us with uh, thoughts and suggestions. If you need something translated for our nerdy translator, please let us know. You can also find us on social media. Just search That Kind of Nerd. Thank you so much for making us your walk around your neighborhood or your drive to work, and we will see you guys next week. Uh, I I saw somewhere when I was looking at one of the feeds that we actually have 83 posted episodes, but that doesn't include like some of the ones that aren't numbered. Okay, okay. Like like I told my wife, pick a date. It could be. <laughs> I am saying 77. It could be our wedding anniversary or <laughs> the, the anniversary of our first date. It can't be it both. Be both. <laughs> right. So, but Josh, gonna- I want to feel special on both days. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we're gonna do. <laughs> Is we're gonna we're gonna honor this the the episode number seventy seven. We're gonna go ahead and just honor that. We're Hang on, there's there's not an anniversary for the first kiss. There's not as well be as what about the, what about the fact that we did like a cold open and we waited two weeks before we made it like public to the world. So do we start the anniversary of doing it for one year on that date or the date I, I we first published it? I gotta tell you, bro. If if I could disavow a few of those early episodes, I would. So what about the show that I wasn't recording the entire time? Oh God, the last episode. No, we, and we lost the whole one because my 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 audio was missing as well. And so the, and then we had that one where I was drunk and uh, it totally unintelligible. But but again, we're just gonna go by the current <laughs> episode number. Seventy seven is where we're at. There's we're, there's not other any other dates. That's this is the one. <laughs> All right. That's some standard material right there. So I'm really happy to be doing this 86 times with you guys.